Good morning, everyone. Friends, uh, our first reading uh, in the longer version uh, reminds the reader uh, that just as uh, the Lord God Almighty re rescued the Jewish people in Egypt in their times of enslavement, uh, so will God save those who put their trust in Him. But it will be on God's time. Our second reading, we are called to imitate the faith of the holy patriarchs uh, that are found in the Old Testament, and uh, um, in this case presented is Abraham, and he's our father in faith, and he had faith in God's words, no matter how impossible they seem to be. Remember, God said many things to Abraham that made no sense to Abraham and to his wife, and to which his wife laughed, and then Sarah had to have a conversation with God about that, and uh, uh, but, uh, my friends, um, our gospel um, written, um, it was, in particular, the ending of it, uh, Peter asked, is this for us, for everyone? And Jesus, uh, in particular, he's uh, putting forth that it's for everyone, but uh, I believe that uh, Luke was telling them, uh, uh, this is for the religious leaders to take a special heed about. And um, certainly the themes of watchfulness and faithfulness because we do not know the hour that the Lord is coming and now Mother Church understands that it's not just the second coming but that is the coming at death when we die our Lord comes uh, for us and we should be prepared and um, uh, Jesus very clearly is putting forth you do not know when that time will be and um, he refers to the little flock. The little flock are his followers, so that means the little flock is us. So he says, the little flock, my father is pleased to give everything, and even though in this bigger world we are still a little flock, and this bigger world and its societies don't like us, but we are to remain faithful anyway, despite of it. We are to uh, not be discouraged and not to move into despair, but to look as the patriarchs did to God the Father with absolute confidence. Friends, in our second reading, we find a very popular understanding or line from the Bible, uh, and its, it's very base is for our Christian life. It's about faith, and the writer of the letter to Hebrews uh, tells us what faith is. He writes, faith is the realization of what is hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Uh, these are two ways of saying the same thing. The realization of what is hoped for means that uh, we have faith, that we are to have it, and we are filled with a certainty that God will fulfill his words and his promises, even if they have not yet been fulfilled for us. Evidence of things not seen means that when we have faith, uh, we have an extraordinary knowledge. We know with certainty that all things that God has revealed are in fact true. Now, my friends, no one here in this church saw with their physical eyes Jesus rise from the dead. If you did, please see me after Mass, because <laughs> I'd like to speak with you. And then off to Rome you go, because <laughs> the Holy Father will want to speak to you also. But no one here has seen with their physical eyes, they didn't see Jesus rise from the dead some over 2,000 years ago. But we know that he is risen. This is the essence of the Christian faith, accepting something as true, not because our own senses or eyes assure us of it, but because the person who tells us is trustworthy. Now I'm referencing the apostles. 
through Holy Scripture and sacred tradition. And sacred tradition is permanently attached to the apostles. It teaches us, they teach us, that Christ rose from the dead and that he is very much alive. And furthermore, for us in the Catholic Church and Orthodox Church, that he is truly present in the sacrament of the Eucharist. This is trustworthy. The Church has weathered the storms of over 2,000 years, continuing to teach the same truths as when it was started, continuing to celebrate the same sacraments, and continuing to put forth into the world holy men and holy women that are needed. I'm talking about saints. This faith, this evidence of things not seen with our senses is one of God's greatest gifts to each of us. Now, my friends, I know we live, I live in the world with you, so many of today's intellectuals and cultural elites consider faith, in particular Christian faith, to be stupid or childish. Mature people, they say, do not depend on such things. They depend on science. I laugh about that. Uh, uh, speak to your doctor about where science is. <laughs> but uh, they will say you should base everything on science and reason, based solely on empirical evidence. Because of this, those of us who still value the Christian faith are sometimes chastised, hated, or worst. We find disciples who are embarrassed by their faith. Some try to cover it up in conversations with others in the hope that they will not be made fun of or looked down upon. But my friends, faith is a necessary part of any fully human life. People who criticize us for having faith in God, I suggest, are making some mistakes here in their logic. First, they are forgetting that we have very good reasons, uh, if you will, that uh, support our Christian faith. We were not eyewitnesses, as I opened with, to Christ's resurrection, for example, but there were eyewitnesses who saw the risen Christ. And those eyewitnesses are the ones who founded the church, the apostles, and as we were, was recorded in the Acts, 500 others in that time also saw Jesus. So it wasn't just 12 or 13 or 20, but more like six or 700 people now, that doesn't seem like a lot to us, but it is to that small town that, where the crucifixion happened. And my friends, uh, the Christian faith has endured longer than any other merely human organization. We were not eyewitnesses to the creation of the universe, but the order and beauty of the cosmos makes it very reasonable to believe that there was indeed an intelligent creator, or as some people will put forth, great. The Big Bang created everything. Well, then, who created the Big Bang? <laughs> Answer it. <laughs> or at least rap, grapple with it, right? And for us, the more we study our faith, and this is the reason why I try to teach you so much in the small period of time that I have on Sunday with you, the more we study our faith, the more we get to know the good reasons that support our Christian faith. The second mistake that critics make is they're forgetting that they too live most of their lives by faiths also. They have faith in the engineer who designed the Narrows Bridge and that it's safe to travel over to get to places, right? 
You have faith in the engineering technology. Some of us have faith in the doctors who prescribe medicine that they've never heard of. We have faith in the education system that educates our children, for the most part. Huh? Human society is built on faiths of all sorts, on trusting others, whether they say it be God or someone else. Eliminating faith, which is impossible, would not make us more mature, as they would put. It makes us less human. Our Christian faith subsists in something in the confident insurance concerning what we hope for and conviction about the things we have not seen with our own eyes. But we hope for, and what we hope for and cannot see, the object of our faith is much bigger than any human-made thing or ideology. Jesus gave us the Christian faith that we can live so that we will not be overcome by fear, as he spoke about so much. Do not be afraid. Even today, little flock, do not be afraid. We do not have to be oppressed by fear. That we would live with hope and joy in all things is what he desires. Today's reading reorients us to our faith and exhorts us to live our Christian religion with faith, with hope, with joy, with confidence. We must exercise that faith, however. And then, when we live our lives accordingly, every day, we do not have to worry about when the Master returns, because then we will be prepared for Him. And we should want to go with Him when He comes. That's the way we live, therefore, witnesses to what we believe and to our faith and to our religion, it becomes a, a resounding example to others. It stands to reason then that our very way of faithful living challenges others to prioritize what is their treasure, whatever it may be. I would hope it would be God, but for some it is not. But by us, as Jesus said, where your treasure is, there is your heart. May our heart be filled with his grace and love. May people see this, and if nothing else, that they will prioritize in their own lives that which is important then to them. We make this apparent when religion, or as we say it, faith, is not so much a practice as more as it is a living relationship, a loving relationship that we have with God and that we extend then to others. Remember the words of the scriptures, fear not, little flock. The Father desires to give you eternal life, his kingdom. Amen?